Big D Royce, what do you know, my friend? Always, always something, always a new adventure, always a new adventure. I know we got these mics hopefully working well. Had the old engineering team over to the late hours last night and uh, appreciate that. I think most of us would have thrown up our hands in the air and said, uh, not going to happen. Your boy, uh, your boy, Mr. Aaron, he, sh- he sure did a fine job getting us dialed in. So hopefully everyone that's hearing this is enjoying our uh, sounding better tones than usual. I don't know. I, I hope so. So, hey, we meeting this weekend. Or is it going to be next weekend? I'm ready when you when you tell me. Oh boy! Yeah, how's your schedule? Oh I, uh, man! I got a kilometer of things together, and I'm going to say, "Here's what I got," and let you say, "This is what you really got." All right. Sort well. through, sort through the. Uh, I don't know. I was going to say paperwork, but it's all all digital at this point. Well, you you know I, I like that. Well, I think maybe we'll hit up the next weekend tomorrow, or t- tomorrow's the good St. Patty's Day. Uh, today is. I'm wearing my green. Where's your green? Uh, I told you. Uh, it's a no one can see Adam. You can say you're in green head to toe. No one will know the difference. <laughs> I am green head to toe. Uh, no, I'm gonna get some uh, corned beef and and hash tomorrow. Some corned beef and cabbage. So where are you where are you having that at? My mom. She she makes it for me on uh, you know once a year. Is that what? Yeah. Is that uh, that's a tradition I never got into. I uh, I don't think we ever had it growing up. I know my my in laws and stuff have it. We'll go over there and have it, but I never. There was a big corned beef and hash on St. Patty's guy for whatever reason. I like it, but it's you just know not... me, I'm the big cabbage guy. So yeah, cabbage. You are a cabbage. I, I eater. do like my cow. I, I used to be a lot skinnier when I'd eat cabbage all the time, but that's been a long time since that's what I ate. No, eat cab. Well, the cabbage with the uh, all the grease and stuff from the from the corned beef. Oh no, that's that yeah. doesn't doesn't do the trick. No, I would just do cabbage and then throw in a little turkey sausage and some onions, and yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot better for you. Well, that being said, Mr. D-Roy, um, maybe, you know, I, I tell you, you should do it once a month, like, and I know you never do. Would you have felt better or worse if you knew where you were at every single month? Well, here's the, th- here's, yes, the long answers, short answers, yes, let me give you the long way to get there. Okay, that's what this podcast is for. So, everyone knows, that's been listening, that GoDaddy Bookkeeping just uh, sold the shop and just folded up about... I don't remember, it was like about a year ago at this point, somewhere in there, eight months to a year. And I had that down to a pretty good science to where I could come back in whenever, and it kind of had the AI or whatever that would say, okay, this was spent on a business expense, or this is where he goes sourcing. And it would kind of auto-populate itself. And so at the end of the year, I just have to go through and make sure everything was right, maybe tweak a couple things, print you off a list, and we were pretty good, I mean, for what I'm doing. It would have been better to check in every month just to see where I'm at and stuff. No, no doubt about that. Uh, but with them closing up shop and me procrastinating <laughs> and uh, getting to that last minute to where I got over on the, on the QuickBooks and that just wasn't it wasn't flowing. If I'd been doing it, you know, uh, like you're saying, every month, every year, loading up things. If you had a, a physical business, I think that's a lot better route to go. Um, so I found this other product that we're trying out. And it works a lot like GoDaddy Bookkeeping. It was built by an uh, accountant and his wife resells, something like that. So it was very similar, except for I had to go through every single transaction. Mm-hmm. And it said, ask accountant. Or I could drop yeah. clock down the menu and put inventory or yeah. whatever. And then I had to go back and add all the mileage in. And like this was going to Phil's. And this was going to uh, the Walmart to buy cards to sell. This was driving to the post office. So it took a lot longer time. I got somewhat of a 
idea, though, we put it all together, and uh, I think it was going to work out okay. It let me import over Macari and eBay. I'm still trying to reconcile everything on whatnot, but I got kind of a spreadsheet from whatnot. I think I'm just going to email over to you. This is what sold and did. This oh, is this boy. is what we did on the whatnot. Oh, boy. It has the numbers. You can do with it what you will at that point. But, uh, it, it, well, and here's my problem is that I'm, I'm trying to uh, – I'm trying to uh, – I know I'm losing a lot this year, <laughs> but I'm trying to show some other places where money came in to kind of even her out just a little bit. So so that's a good aspect, and by losing a lot, you really didn't. All you did is you increased your inventory. I invested a lot yes, into, my, into my inventory. And that's something that we talk about you know, quite a bit, and that's always the question is, what is my inventory really worth? You know, How much is my cost of goods sold? And it is, especially with what, you know, we do, there isn't like a, you know, a formal book. There isn't something that tells you exactly, but what really it should be is you should have a beginning inventory and an ending inventory. That's really what we want to know. And then based off of your sales, we can really see how much your cost of goods sold was. Because if you, let's say your beginning inventory was $20,000, okay, and you spent all this money at all these places throughout the year. And then at the end of the year, your ending inventory was $0. Your cost of goods sold was, let's call it 50,000 would really be another 20 because you had that cost of goods sold from the previous year that you didn't really, you don't recognize it as an expense until it's gone. Because like I said, some people will buy a lot of inventory and, and, they might not have sold a lot. So then there would be losses every single year. But there isn't really that because your inventory is an asset. Um, and I know we're getting nerdy with it talking taxes here. But when you really understand that aspect of a, a profit and loss statement and a balance sheet and how they tie together, that's when you become rich. Like that's when you really get it. <clears throat> and you really have to look at, just like what you said, you invested. Like your stuff is not really a ton of death piles. Like it will have, um, it'll have value at some point, you know, you're not buying stuff that you're going to scrap that you're going to be, you know, you didn't go spend, you know, $7,000 at the DEI, you know, and throw it all away or give it away. Cause you can never sell it. Your stuff will be worth money. So essentially, instead of you thinking as this is a loss, all you're doing is transferring it from, you know, your bank account into an hard physical asset that will be worth money yet someday. Does that kind of make sense? That kind of jive? It jives with me. Okay. Well, you you are a smart guy, and and I'm not going to flame the fire, but at some point, you know, the pretend cash in the bank, I mean, your cards are going to be worth a lot more because who knows if your banks are even going to stay open. Dare I say that? I think you just did. (laughs) I don't know. I don't have over uh, a quarter of a million that I'm worried about, so I'm FDIC insured. Oh, yeah. So. You know, they, they do that long enough. There isn't going to be enough insurance going around for everybody, if that's what happens. They, they've been doing it for, for since the uh, Great Depression. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago, yeah, too. But I'm, we've never owed this much in debt either. So I'm not scared. I, I do have a a, a friend, a, an old colleague that I always worked with, and he says, you know what, as long as we can borrow money till the day I die, the world's going to be a good place. Unfortunately, he passed. Yeah. So I don't know if he knew something. It worked for him. Well, here's the here's. Here's the long and the short of it. Oh, I love the long and the short. All of it's out of our control, right? Yeah. And and you're growing up, and you used to have like, 
uh, your your lifespan seemed a lot longer, right? Yes. So now I'm to the point where I don't know how many more turns around the rock I got. You know, I'm 40. Well, I might might live to be 80. Might live to be 100. Might live to be 40 in one day. Who knows? Like, so I, all those big world problems. I've came to the, the conclusion of, you know, right now I don't have any kids or anything. I can take care of my life, my stuff. Everyone else can worry about everything I've been trying to do. But at some point it's like, well, not my problem. I'll focus on, on my stuff because uh, you're going to get all these talking heads together. And, well, this is what they should have done. And we should have done this. And if they saw that and if you vote for this guy, if you vote for that. At the end of the day, is it really – I mean, it's just talking heads and trying to get people all stirred up. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's plenty of things that probably could be changed and reformed with the banking system. And uh, they're not ever going to come and ask my opinion, and they're not going to value my opinion. So eh, why, why worry about it? That's, that's, exactly. that's where I'm at. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to make my money. I guess if I lost a ton of money in the banking system at that point, I would worry about it. Or inflation goes so high that my dollar's like 1,000 to 1 instead of 1 to 1, uh, then I got problems. But until then, you know, it's been the end of the world. I have a, <laughs> It's been the end of the world for a while. I have a... a, a She's kind of like a grandma. She's my mom's aunt. Okay. But my uh, my uh, mom's mom passed away when she was very young. So this lady is kind of like a surrogate grandma to my mom. And so we grew up uh, doing a lot of stuff with her. She lives over in Ephraim, uh, where you spent some time. Uh, she's she's in her high 90s now. And she's been uh, – it was a Christmas dinner a few years back. And I remember her saying the phrase – or she was telling us a story or something about – They've been telling us we were all going to go to hell for everything we've been going to do my whole life. Yeah, She's in her 90s now. Things might be worse, might not be worse, depending on who's saying it. There's always going to be somebody saying everyone's going to hell for this stuff. And there's always going to be the other side saying it's not that bad. And at the end of the day, who knows, right? right? Like, you got to live in the world. You can't be so afraid of every move you're going to make is going to ruin society or, you know, pollute the air or kill the fishes. And on the other side, you can't just be like, well, let's just huck oil right out of the car and like, <laughs> and trash this place. Like there's, there's a middle ground. Uh, I think a lot of people want to be there. It's kind of the same in reselling. eBay's always going to be Feebay. It's always going to raise their fees. You're never going to make enough money. There's always a big, bad new party coming to town that's going to undercut them and put them out of business. And, and in the mix of it, I'm selling online. If it's on whatnot, if it's on eBay, if it's on Macari, if it's on some new platform I've never heard of, I'll figure it out and I'll get there and adapt. And those big corporations can fight over my uh, patronage and and my fees and me being a seller on their account. Because really, if they cared, they'd fly me out to San Jose and I'd say, this is what I think about your product. They don't seem to. They'll send out a survey. I'll say, hey, I don't like this. I don't like that. Can we contact you? Yeah. Do they contact me? No. So... Why get why get all ruffled up about things you can't control? That's where I'm at, Adam. Oh, I love it. That's you're, where I'm at. You're you're hitting it perfect, and I I don't know. I I feel the same way. I think if you are are scared to to do something, it's never gonna happen. Like, funny, I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday. If you don't like your life, but keep doing the same thing, it ain't gonna change. You know, nothing will be different. And until you get to that point when you say, you know, I'm sick of this. I, I want something to be different. And that might not be, you know, changing a job, you know, moving. I mean, a lot of it, it's your attitude. If you want to find goodness and happiness, you'll find it if that's how you wake up. But if you wake up with negativeness and I hate this guy and it's always somebody else's fault, you know what? That's what you're going to find all day long and you're just going to build that hate. And, you know, it, I don't know, life's better when you're happy, right? Uh, it seems to be, and I think there's a little bit having a chip on your shoulder, depending on the situation, but you can't let it control your life, right? No. And, you know, there are some people out to get you. 
And there's the people out for your success. Sure. And there's some people that just don't care. And I think most people are in that. They don't care. No. They don't care if Adam Up Accounting becomes the world's biggest accounting firm. And they don't care if you go out of business tomorrow. Uh, it really doesn't affect them. There's probably somebody that, you know, oh, that guy did me dirty on my taxes, didn't he, whatever, overcharged me or, or did this or that or did it wrong. And there's probably somebody that thought, man, he's the greatest guy ever. He did this for me. He charged me a reasonable rate and he takes care of my business. Like, at the end of the day, you just got to worry about you. And like you say, that's all you really have control over Yeah, is, is you and how you see things. If you want to change your life, if you want to sell online, if you want to skip down to the park, that's all on you. If you want to, you know, sit around and be mopey. Think everybody owes you something? That's fine too. That's your choice. But that's coming back. It's, it's personal accountability, I guess, is what we're saying. And there's lots of options. That's the thing. Is it's never been, you know, per what you're saying, the Great Depression, where there was no work. Like it, the unemployment was ridiculous, and you know they were fighting and standing in line just to get food. Uh, you know, I'm going to be not the Debbie Downer, but you could go get a job tomorrow if you wanted to. It might not be doing the work that you want to. But there is opportunities tomorrow, you know, and you just have to be willing to work and sacrifice. It's funny we're talking about that now. You know, I don't know why you're 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 getting me on good area, D. Well, you know what you're doing. <clears throat> driving that ship, driving that ship. Patience is something that a lot of people don't have. You know, I just got done here meeting with somebody a little while ago, and you know, at mid twenties, said, "Well, I want rental properties, and I want to retire by the time I'm this and that," and I'm like. Dude, good for you. More power on you. But you got to put in, you know, 15 hard years of making some good money before you can do that. And people don't realize that. They think that, you know, I want to have passive income in the next three years to where I make $15,000 a month and do it nothing. Like, yeah, that's everybody's dream. But you, Sign have, me up. Sign you, me up. you have to do the work to get there. And, and it takes time. And I just don't think that's what people realize is the time that it takes to get there. Well, no patience and I hate waiting. So <laughs> there's a, yeah, I have a similar story, a uh, little different take on it. I was talking to a guy that, um, tempor- temporary worker at the time when I was talking to him, wanted to be retired by, I can't remember if it was 30 or 40, something like that, uh, mid-20s, making minimum wage and his, uh, so I said, well, how, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to provoke. I'm not going to say there's no way this is happening. We're no dream squashers. I mean, it, it happened. Like yeah. people win the lottery, somebody develops something. It's possible, but very unlikely at this point. Cause I mean, just the situation that you're at. So I said, well, how, uh, how are you going to do that? Well, I'm investing in this, uh, crypto that nobody knows about. It's going to be the next big, you know, whatever. And I thought, well, I've, I've, not only have I been down this road, but I know how this one ends. I mean, for there will be some big crypto at some point. But, sure. I mean, you look at Bitcoin and Ethereum, and we talk about a few of those. And, I mean, they go up and down, and it's kind of crazy, Wild West. But even right now, uh, I mean, those are thousands of dollars for a coin. So if you were to invest, say, in those, and those are the popular ones, they're not going to double, triple overnight. Like by the time you're 40, that's not going to go from 20,000 to 20 million. Probably, probably not. Yeah. I don't know. It could, but probably not. Or you're going to go with uh C scrum. We'll just call it C scrum coin. <laughs> you never heard of it. Somebody, me and Ab just put it out, you know, and it's not really worth nothing, but if it goes from 0.1 cent to 0.10 cents, 
uh, I'll be a multimillionaire. Well, that's true, but more than likely, that's going to go out of business. Me and Adam are going to take your money, and we're going to retire at uh, you know fifty or, or whatever. That's just kind of the not that we're charlatans or, or whatever, Adam, but we don't know what we're doing, and we're we're jumping on a craze, and there's really nothing to it. So, uh, not to say you shouldn't invest in in uh, coins or, or that kind of thing, but there's proven ways to do it. And a lot better if you're investing in real estate, if you have your own business, if you're uh, living beyond your means, if you're or below your means, not beyond your means. If you're doing these little steps, you're not out buying a new car, or leasing a new car in your 30s or, or whatever. If that's your goal, if it's not your goal, then do all those things and have a good life. But it's a lot harder to have enough money by the time you're 40 or 50. Uh, no, I mean, in that that number, I mean, we, the closer we get, the closer you get, sure. the more you realize. If you start earlier, it's a lot easier to obtain that. But it, it's a lot harder to get that, and then to, to guess in your lifespan. Like, like I'm saying, if you if you retire when you're 40 or 50, you gotta have enough money comfortably to know that you're gonna be able to live and be fine and not worry about inflation mm-hmm. and the economy and all that until you're possibly 100 years. You gotta have 50 years worth of disposable income just sitting there, plus whatever might come up. That's a lot of money. And, and that's the hard part. I mean, retired such a um, cliche type term. I mean, what what do you do? You know, wake up at ten thirty and then you know go sit on the rocker and yeah, read the read, read the newspaper. I mean, that sounds nice and all, but can you really do that for a long period of time when you're fifty five? Like, if you mover and a hustler and you made that much money to be able to retire, like, I, I get it. That's the thing. I mean sabbaticals are good. Um, you know, we were able to get everything lined up. We are going to hit the, uh, the month long, uh, trip out to New York. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do it. Um, I've been excited to do it, but again, it's been a lot of hard work and it's been a lot of saving and figuring things out. And I've put myself in that kind of a situation and I can promise you when I come back, I'm going to be ready to go to work. Well, you're going to have to, right? Because yeah. it's kind of like uh, after the Rose Bowl trip. I mean, I had a good week. Yeah. I went to Disneyland, did all this stuff. And then I, I kind of added up the bills in my head. And I thought, oh, I got to pay for this. Oh, emergency rental car. We have to drive home because the, the plane <laughs> got canceled. Oh, man. You know, like it, it comes time you're going to have to pay the piper regardless of what you do. And uh, that's the problem, like you're saying. The person that can actually retire by the time they're 30, 40, 50, whatever, uh, is usually the person that won't be able to do like the sit down and just yeah. you know go watch waves crash into the sand and and uh, drink a mai tai or whatever. The person like the young guy in the twenties that's just kind of lazy and thinks that's what they want isn't ever going to reach that because it's just that mindset. I don't know if it's uh, a top behavior, if it's something you're born with, a combination of the two. I mean, I'm, I'm not retiring by the time I'm forty or fifty at this point. Uh, you know, I'd love to, but it's just not going to happen. Um, also, with your trip, I, I'd like to put out that uh, just just in case, if you're interested in co-hosting a podcast, whoa, uh, D. Roy Everett on on the social medias, easy. Well, there's there's a lot of talk that you're going to kind of a stabbier part of town of of the, of the NYC, a little more dangerous. And I'm just saying, if anything is to happen, <laughs> I'm going to need somebody to be able to step in here. I know you got life insurance and stuff. I don't know if the studio is going to be covered. I might have to like get a basement somewhere that we can set up shop. Um, I've really appreciated the relationship and everything that you've done for me personally. I'm just letting this be known now in case, you know, it's, it's, uh, I hope everything goes well, but there's people saying that you're going to a little, little shady part of, of the city. Wow. Um, is what I'm hearing. I don't know about that. You know, we're, we're not staying in, in, uh, you know, where you go when you go to New York, there will not be, 
you know, uh, apple bottom jeans or boots with the fur where we're at, but we'll, well be that's close. Shame. That's a shame. <clears throat> well, no, we're going to stay across the river. So we're going to see the whole big city. It ended up being uh, less than half the cost as what it was going to be to downtown Manhattan. We're a 15 minute bus ride. And I'll tell you what, I'm not above the bus because I don't make stay in Manhattan for a month kind of money. Well, that makes two of us. I make stay in. West New York kind of money. So that's what I mean. I, I stayed in Jamaica, Queens. Yeah. Yeah. We stayed across the river and, like I said, really close to kind of the area we wanted to be. We want to be close to the park and the library and, uh, you know. I hope it all goes well. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, wow. I, you know, what you about got my the, What about the fine people of New Jersey who are taking what you're saying to offense? I never said anything about New Jersey. Well, that's where we're staying. You said West New York. I know it's in New Jersey. Well, why didn't you say you're staying in New Jersey? Now you're the one disparaging the good name of New Jersey by calling it West New York. Well, that's what the, are you MetLife Stadium now? Yeah, we're 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 with, close. All, the, with all the Jets and the Giants. Yeah, and, that's and say that they're really Jersey instead of New York. That's where we'll be at. You know, we'll be closer. I mean, we're right on the river, but I mean, you gonna swim the river? Yeah, I doubt it. In June, I'm just waiting for Captain Sully to kind of maybe. Show me how to get across the river. Yeah, we know what that means. Now who's disparaging whom? <laughs> yeah. Well, D-Roy, uh, you know, that being said, we're, we're getting pumped to do taxes. I am, at least. I want to see what uh, that inventory is going to look like, because I know you got a lot of assets this year. I'm getting pumped for you to just scratch your head and say, I don't know, man. I just you need to find somewhere else to go. There's an agent uh, 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 down, the, down the street. Well, all I know and, is... And uh, just, uh, I don't know, they'll, they'll sign this off for you. That, that being said, D-Roy will probably never be prepared on a monthly basis, and... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> the other two things that are certain are death piles and taxes. Yeah. 